listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All are current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years' experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome, everybody. And I'm going to pause for just a second so I can cough here because my pacemaker is going off for the first time during the show. Oh, great. (coughs) I just did a cardiac arrest. I don't want to do another one tonight. Don't worry, guys. You get pretty used to it and you just start to ignore it eventually. That's the first time this has ever happened (coughs) where we're recording and it goes off and I have to cough. Um, The cough is getting more aggressive, I feel like. I, well, I think that has something to do with me actually, you know, having the vid. Uh, it's like part vid cough and part pacemaker, pacemaker. cough. You got the vid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, months ago. Oh, you had the vid. I had the vid. I didn't. I don't have. Right. I had. Right. Yes. Gerard, you've been exposed. Oh, yeah. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done for. Um. But yeah, for for those that, again, this is not something that I talk about, but uh, just on a side bonus educational fact, uh, when my pacemaker goes off, I actually cough because the one lead is so close to my esophagus that the electrical charge yeah tickles my esophagus and makes me cough. So um, yeah, I I was waiting for this to happen, and there it goes, 36, 37 episodes, it finally did. Well, if I Um, have to get that, I'm going to see if they can put that lead somewhere more fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Woo! Yeah! You're on your own tonight working that code, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, Gerard... I was kind of doing the same thing today. No. (laughs) Hello! Uh, so we're here uh, in the bunker with uh, Gerard and uh, our very famous clinical coordinator, uh, Kelly, is uh, joining us today. I love her song. Why? Because you're Like it's so, it just ends so beautifully. Uh, and Kelsey, you're joining us from school, which is awesome. Um, yep. So I'm going to jump right in because this. And Emily punked out. Emily did punk out, but that's okay because this gives Kelly a great Emily's chance in Florida, to. She's winning. And uh, Kelly just h- held up two middle fingers. So. <laughs> okay, and, we got. And, it. And we understand. Yep, it, it's it's fine. She'll she'll miss this one, and that's completely fine. She's in Florida having fun bitch but it's okay it's fine <laughs> she's getting vacation that the rest of you people don't ever take that's true you're just that's jealous true. i i mean i would not be wrong what saying you, i'm take jealous what? take vacation exactly i have no idea what that is <laughs> exactly exactly um but yeah so let's jump right into kelsey your rig check and then we'll get started with this call review so today guys we're going to keep our rig check Super short and sweet. We just want to shout out Ukraine and everything that the people there are going for. It's honestly been super cool, um, at least from my perspective. I don't know if anybody else is. I feel like we're basically seeing the war through a first-hand perspective, through social media, through the news. I think it's honestly going to be the most well-documented war. And it's amazing to see like the unity that the country has and the people that are coming out of the woodworks to be supportive and stand up for what they believe in. So shout out to everybody there and everybody even 
across the world who is still doing what they can at home to support them. The first responders that are still there. Working. Doing what they do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep fighting. Keep it up. So getting right into it, this call is going to be uh, piggybacked off of the April 1st uh, conversation that we're, we're scheduled to have. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about cardiac and cardiac EKGs over the next, you know, two episodes. So this one's going to be heavy into cardiac as well as the next episode, April 1st, is going to be a, a just a discussion episode. And we're really going to lay groundwork for uh, EKGs and, and 12 leads. So um, your guys' system is a, uh, a very suburban county with a significant call load. Uh, it's covered in part by a countywide BLS ambulance system that also staffs ALS fly cars. Uh, each BLS county ambulance is staffed with two EMT basics, and each fly car is staffed with two paramedics. Uh, your hospitals in the area, there are two within the immediate uh, area, one local community hospital approximately 10 minutes away, and one larger community hospital that has extensive cardiac services, but really nothing else, uh, is approximately 30 minutes away. So you guys are dispatched for... Uh, where, where is this? Is Can really, you repeat that again? I, I, I zoned out. You zo you're not allowed to zone out. Do you know uh, how hard it is to do this when I'm not looking at anything but, like, my pagan cow pictures? Your pagan cows? Pagan cows? What? Yeah, I've got, I've got, like, two little wood pallets. Um, with painted a painted pig and a painted cow. Oh, oh pa painted! <laughs> we both I, fucked I that just, up. I thought she took up like voodoo or something. See, you know? I thought she was saying pagan. I was like, I thought I felt so no, sharp. Painted. Yeah, okay. Pagan cows, like we we're sacrificing animals and shit. Now. Seriously, oh, is yeah. that how you're passing no. paramedic? That is apparently cows? how I need to get rid of the intern's curse because my preceptor on Friday looked at me and went, I don't know how you white cloud an entire county. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. Yep. It, see, it's not just me. It's you because I do it's calls me. when you're not well, there. Maybe you should sacrifice a cow to Joe Boo. That's <laughs> Joe Boo likes chicken. <laughs> Joe Boo. <laughs> uh, so do you want the system or just the hospital, Kelsey? I just want the first hospital. I heard about the cardiac hospital. I just missed the first one. Okay, so the 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 first hospital is a local community hospital that just does, you know, basic stuff, nothing specialized, 10 minutes away from the scene. Okay, thank you. So you guys are dispatched a Delta Priority or a Priority 1 to a local residence for a 27-year-old female with complaints of severe shortness of breath and nausea. So... With this, just right off the rip, are you guys thinking anything specific with this dispatch information? Severe She's pregnant. <laughs> no, that, that's my, my first thought was maybe something to do with the pregnancy. Yep. I mean, and, and this is, you know, a fairly young patient, right? Yeah. 27. We don't typically see a lot of younger people that have severe, you know, uh, ailments at that point. It right. doesn't mean that they don't, but we don't see it all that often. Um but this, these are some significant complaints. You know, it, it's funny. Most of the time you hear severe shortness of breath coming out of the dispatch and you're like, ah, okay, you know, whatever. How bad really is it? Until I actually heard a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the local dispatchers dispatch a call as extreme shortness of breath. And I had never heard of that before. And it ended up being a respiratory and cardiac arrest. Hmm. And I was like, huh, that's... 
pretty extreme. Maybe, maybe I should take severe yeah. shortness of breath a little bit more seriously next yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I agree with you know um, pregnancy. Uh, anything else that you guys are thinking right off the rip for this one? I'm like asthmatic was one that shortness of breath, the nausea. I mean, it could be an allergic reaction, right? You know. Yep, I I, I like feel those. Like the first thing that I'm thinking of is like. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like people like my age, my sister's age, who are, you know, around, you know, 20s, don't really call 911. Like, not that you can't get 911 calls, but I feel like for them, for it to be bad enough that they're calling 911, it's probably pretty serious. So I feel like people my age, you know, either are complete babies about it and they call their mom. And then their mom convinces them to call 911 or, you know, they just go to urgent care because that's all we know. I feel like most people don't think like, hey, I'm going to go pay for an ambulance at 20. Well, right. I'm, I'm sure if somebody invented an app where you could just swipe right to 911, you, you guys would do it. <laughs> okay. Can, this is not my fault, can, okay? Can you have a situation ship with an ambulance? Is that a like... I do not have a situation ship wow. with an ambulance. <laughs> I still don't I even know. I still I don't can't. even understand the meaning I've, of this. I've outlived my shelf life. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it anymore. So for context, for our listeners, I was trying to explain the other day that, like, dating isn't really a thing nowadays. There's situationships and talking before you ever get to dating, and I broke people's minds. You, no, There's you, a TikTok about it. Yep, you broke my mind, for sure. And... Yeah, I'm still recovering because I still don't even fucking understand it. But anywho, so let's move on. So the uh, the BLS County Ambulance arrives first to the scene. Uh, they find that she is seated in the passenger seat of her vehicle, which is currently parked in the driveway. Her boyfriend greets EMS and tells the EMTs that they are about to drive to the local hospital up the road. But when she walked to the... Why to didn't the, you? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, well, you're going to find out. She's when, in the car. Why are you still here? <laughs> Why'd you call me? Because Go. then she'd park on the side of the road with her flashers going, going, Damn it. hey, come get me as I'm around the corner <laughs> to the ER. Um, so they were about to drive to the local ER, uh, but when she walked to the car with the boyfriend's help, her, her shortness of breath became worse, and she developed some chest pressure and then vomited once. Um, looking at her, she is in obvious distress, appears as though she is working to breathe and is hugging a small car blanket on her chest. So is this presentation to you guys concerning? And yeah. if so, why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, th this isn't something – vomit is not something you can fake. No. You know, and then – I mean, it is, well, but it's not. to a certain extent. But yes. <clears throat> but the, uh, the overall presentation to me is like – shit yeah. yeah this is, is really this is bad, bad. Yes. yeah something's going on here and especially you know with nausea is is a is a response of the sympathetic taking over and because it's it's literally shutting your gut down yeah. and you become nauseous and you vomit so if you're having you know sympathetic overload there is body in crisis yeah. mode you I know mean, i mean I have seen people work themselves, you know, up with having like severe anxiety attacks that have gotten to, you know, points like this too, where they've just worked themselves into a frenzy. So, I mean, 
right now, I mean, like that, all that stuff is still on the table. So, right. Kelsey, you were going to say something. I'm going about to um, take a quote from Emily on this one about your anxiety thing is that the only way you can diagnose anxiety is to rule out everything else. And a lot of, I mean, you know, sometimes we can tell, but right now I haven't asked any questions. I don't even want that to be a thought in my brain because then that's all I'm probably going to think. And like, I don't have the ability to rule out everything else. I'd be anxious when I was having a heart attack, if I was having a baby, if I was having any major illness and I had to call 911. Everybody we see is anxious because they picked up the phone and we're there now. I don't like to even think about anxiety until I can't think of anything else. Well, and that's true because a lot of people go into these calls, oh, 27, bah, it's anxiety. Right, right at the dis- They haven't even set one foot in the truck yet. And it's already diagnosed anxiety. We're going to be a less it. Because and how then, many do we get that are like that? Right. Yeah. And and I fully agree. I think we need to flip the script in thinking, you know, let's go through everything and then get to anxiety. That, that should not be our first thing. So uh, the primary EMT begins their initial physical exam and finds her to be conscious, alert, and oriented times four, speaking in four to five word sentences. And the car stinks heavily of thick cigarette smoke. Um, airway is open, patent, no fluid or debris is noted. Breathing is tachypnic and labored. Radial pulses are present, strong, rapid. The boyfriend tells the EMTs that she began to experience some minor shortness of breath about an hour ago with some minor chest tightness. This tightness then became a heavy pressure while walking to the car. She is still clutching the the blanket and appears to be wincing in pain. Um, when she's asked what hurts, she tells the EMTs that her chest feels so heavy that she can't move it. Her skin is pale diaphoretic. Um, can't fake that either. You can't fake skin changes. So I would say none of these signs and symptoms are mostly a good thing. No. I mean, you know, conscious alert, <clears throat> oriented, airway patent, great. The rest of it other than pulses, is not so great. So are you guys leaning in any type of direction looking at these signs and symptoms? I know we've laid out a couple different paths, but knowing now with the chest tightness, with the diaphoretic skin, the paleness. It's cardiac until proven otherwise. Bingo, right? Um, Where, Kelsey, I'm going to direct this one right to you. With her being 27... Is there, you know, are we still thinking, you know, let's do cardiac? And if so, what do these EMTs need to be doing next? So we have the ALS fly car on the way. Yes, no? Yes. I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, at that point, there's nothing they can do about that. Like, they can't run a 12 lead. They can't check out what's going on with their heart. But I think, like, a really in-depth assessment um, and, like, one of the First questions, I think, right off the bat, after I get, like, her medical history is, like, what's your family history? I mean, you could have had a mom that had a heart attack at the ripe old age of 30. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe your sister has a pacemaker and she's 12. Maybe you just have a history. Maybe you have a congenital heart condition that, for some reason, you're just failing to, it, like, realize because you're under so much stress. 
And I think that although it's a good thing to thank Cardiac, I also like the first thing I want to do is listen to her lung sounds because she could just be really, really tight because she's not moving air and that's also causing chest pain. Right. So we- like I'm not going to rule out the heart, but I'm also going to focus in a little heavier on respiratory than I think I would if they were like 65 with four stents placed having chest pain. I agree. You know, I think you have to presume it's cardiac um, until proven otherwise. But I agree. It could be a severe allergic reaction to something, and she's so tight that this happens, you know? Like, I don't want to think one thing and miss something else that was right in front of me. So, like, I'm not going to throw cardiac out the window just because she's 27 because I hate the people that are like, oh, well, you're too young to be having a cardiac event. You're too young to be having chest pain. Like, no, probably not. But at the EMT level, I'm going to be able to assess her respiratory functions and what's going on with that way better than I'm going to be able to assess her cardiac function at this point. You're looking at a dude who did a 12 lead on a 12-year-old because she – said chest pressure and tightness. Yeah. And I said, hmm. All right. Lung sounds clear. Everything else was good. No history of asthma. No nothing like that. You're getting a 12 lead kid. Yep. Yeah. So, Never too young. And there to was a little, there was, there was like a little abnormality. She had, uh, I can't remember, this was a few years ago. I don't quite remember, but uh, I remember I run, ran into her grandmother at like, you know, a gas station or something one day when I was at work again and, you know, weeks or months later and, and she said, oh, yeah, they found, like, she had, like, some kind of murmur and some other shit. And I was like, oh, okay. That'll do it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, 12 years old doing a 12 lead. I mean, when, right. I, when I walked into the freaking hospital and said, yeah, I did a 12 lead, here's her EKG. And they were like, you did a 12-year-old? Uh, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and, you know, it's, you know, uh, again, never too young. I made a, I made a, just a joke to my cardiologist the one time, the, the one that actually inserted the pacemaker. Mm. And um, we were in a, just a, a generalized meeting before the surgery, and, I was like, yeah, you know, he's like, how you feeling? I'm like, ah, you know, I'm so young. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this issue yet. And he's like, ah, you're not my youngest patient. And I was like, oh yeah, how old's your youngest patient? He's like eight. Mm -hmm. I was like eight with a pacemaker, like defect. He goes, nope, like completely normal, healthy kid until boom, they weren't. And uh, so, yeah, you're you're never too young. I think. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I think especially, like, for this, your best tool is going to be the questions you ask. Any recent history of, like, any sort of inflammation, could it be a myocarditis, could it be a pericarditis? Do you drink 12 energy drinks a day and now your heart is crapping out because of all, of, like, it can't handle it anymore? Have you recently had any diet change? Like, I think the best tools that these EMTs have right now is, is basically firing every question that you could ever think at this poor girl yeah. while you can. Another thing that might keep the respiratory on the table for me would have been the... Uh the overwhelming stench of cigarettes smoke. Yeah. How I mean, much yeah, do how they much smoke? Do you smoke? Yep. Yeah. Is it her? Is it the boyfriend? Right. You know, who knows? So uh, as we move on, the secondary EMT moves to grab the stretcher while the primary EMT begins to assist her from the vehicle. Um, as they move her to a standing position, she vomits one more time onto Why the ground. Why would you do that? Because... People are stupid. I don't know. This is just the way it happened. <laughs> what would Kelsey do? Kelsey would have done an assessment before we moved her. Okay, but now, what are EMTs taught? Let's I was go, not taught that. Let uh, you were taught something, but way back in EMT school a year ago, Kelsey, if you remember, you were taught 
if they're significantly a critical patient, you load and go. So a lot of EMTs will see her as a critical patient and they will forego the let's slow down to find some stuff out before we load and go. They'll just go, oh, my God, she's really bad. We don't want her to die here. Let her die well, on the stretcher. I, I, so let's I, get moving. I think at the very least I would have at least gotten vitals before we went. Even, I agree. Even as an EMT. I would I have agree. at least got some vitals. I think there was time enough to slow down. There, well, it's A, B, even if by following your theory, it's A, B, C, D. Airway, breathing, circulation, determine the priority of the patient. We did not do an A, B, or a C. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did Maybe C. passively, but did we listen no. to lung sounds? No. Yeah, no did we said, make sure chest was rising equally? No. Isn't that what you said? They, they did the, uh, I thought you said they did an assessment. They did. Okay. They did an no. A, B, C. The only thing they did not do in the A, B, Cs was lung sounds. Oh, okay. Which ultimately they do later, and they were clear. But, oh, uh, well. No, I, I would have done vitals, and then, um, I mean, basic EMT protocol with this presentation. I mean, yeah. I, if you're in a system where you have no paramedic and you're the you're the EMT, I mean, you. I'm sorry, but yeah, you got to give aspirin. Yeah. 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 You I mean, know, this is, this, is first line. this is screaming to you as a basic. I give this person some aspirin and ask them about nitro. Yes. Yep. You know, especially if their BPs through the roof. Right. So um, as they, as I said, they they move her to a standing position. She vomits one more time onto the ground. Uh, she's then assisted to the stretcher and then placed inside the ambulance. Um, the primary EMT, once inside the ambulance, begins to obtain a baseline set of vitals. Okay. Uh, pulse ox probe is placed and shows a heart rate of 120. Um, when palpated, it is still very strong, um, and meets that rate around 120. Uh, oxygen saturation is 90% on room air. Um, the primary EMT then instructs their partner to place around 12 liters per minute oxygen via non-rebreather because high flow fixes everybody. They do it. Blood pressure via the manual cuff returns is 188 over 98. Okay. Respiratory rate of 26 in labored and shallow with complaints of a 10 on 10 chest pressure. Now, they do go through a slew of questions at this point in time. She does smoke. She smokes about a pack a day. Uh, she is not pregnant to where she knows. Um, she does not have any uh, cardiac history. She doesn't take any meds. She doesn't have any allergies. Um, is she on birth control or have a form of mm, birth control? Good one. That is a really good question. Especially that, if you smoke. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Um, I don't honestly know. Because, um, like, the loaded question when you ask females, do you take any meds? Well, no, I don't take any pills. But there's so many different forms of birth control nowadays yes. that you could still have the same effect because you could have hormonal birth control, which is what evidently is what causes the clotting issue versus non-hormonal. And nobody thinks of it because, well, I don't take a pill every day. Right. right. And, I mean, Kelsey, uh, again, this is not something that I would know, but, you know, in all the transports that I could remember of – people in childbearing age that would be taking some form of birth control when you say hey are you on any meds they're like no because birth control right, is I'm a med I'm on but, birth control. but they don't ever right. say it yeah, it's, like, and it's, I like, can... it's like the old people oh, do you take you know you have high blood pressure no right because i take my high blood pressure meds yeah. exactly right. you know so and it's definitely becoming <clears throat> more frequent i would say um 
like out of even just like personal experiences, there are a lot of females that I know who take it because there's a lot of things that birth control does besides preventing babies. You know, a lot of people get on it for a million and a half other reasons mm-hmm. yeah, and was, they just don't take like a hormonal version because something else works for them. There's that one Depakote, I think is like the big one that they give out for I don't like, know. regulating, you know, bad menstrual cycles for, I think, is it Depakote? I yeah, forget. like some people take it because they get anemic, others take right. it because they'll get like ovarian cysts. Like there's a yeah. million reasons you can take it besides, you know, not wanting to get pregnant. Right. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you don't take the pill form. No, I'm not on any meds. I mean, according to today's protocol, the easiest way is not to be in a situation ship and just go back to our version that of dating. True. I mean, okay, well, <laughs> I can't help you guys with this one. I don't think you should be telling your patients to get out of their situation ships. Um, oh, there's, so- always, there's always the old caveman, you know, just club them. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the uh, the primary EMT then asks their partner to find out how long until the paramedic uh, fly car arrives on the scene. County tells them approximately two minutes. They uh, they go ahead and they do administer three twenty four milligrams of eighty one milligram aspirin per their cardiac protocol. So awesome sauce. Yep. Uh, and this agency is also equipped and trained for BLS 12 lead application. Ooh. So they can apply it, they can run it, but they cannot interpret right. is from my understanding. So the two EMTs turn on their cardiac monitor and place her on a four lead and then a 12 lead EKG. They obtain a printout, but again, not equipped to read the rhythm strips. So are you feeling like everything that they're doing so far is appropriate other than the stuff that we had mentioned? Just a quick, yeah. I, I think they're on the right path. The only thing I would have done different is, like I said, I, before moving, I would have got my vitals. Which I agree with because, again, and I didn't say it before, if you move them and then you recheck a set of vitals, you could see a change, yeah. right? Did they go hypertensive? Did they go hypotensive because you moved them? Yeah. What changed? So, yeah, I definitely would have done at least two there. Yeah. One before, one post-move. Um, Kelsey, did you... Are you finding that these guys are doing doing well in their job right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing I would have probably asked would be, like, any sort of family history. Just because anything cardiac is always known to have some sort of genetic component to right. it. And that is something that these guys did not obtain. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, like, that's the biggest red flag in the world. Like, right. they could and, be doing so much worse. And granted, I've done that in that I don't go, I go, do you have a history? I don't go... Well, does your grandpa, does your dad, does your parent, like, I don't do that. How much time has passed from the time they got on scene to the time this 12 leads getting done? Um, If memory serves me, I didn't write it down, seven to nine minutes. Okay, no, that's good. Somewhere somewhere within the 10 minutes. That's fine, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Uh, it wasn't. If we're outside the 10 minutes, then yeah, I would have done the 12 lead with her sitting in the car. Yeah, which again, you could see changes if if they were moved, right? Yep. Um. So at this point, the uh, the paramedic fly car arrives on scene. The uh, the primary and remember, there's two paramedics in yeah, this. Where is this? I gotta go there. Seriously, right? Right. <laughs> I was like, this system's kind of neat. Two paramedics. Shit, I don't have to do a damn thing. Seriously, right? right? <laughs> um, in a county system, so that's right? county pay. Oh, like, damn. yeah. So wow. um, the uh, the fly car arrives, and the primary medic gathers their ALS and airway bag. Um, and then enters the ambulance. 
um, because they're just going to use the cardiac monitor that's in there. Right. Um, they're given a full report on what the EMTs have found out and done up until this point. The, uh, the medic performs their own initial physical uh, exam, building off of what they were already told, finding there's no jugular vein distension. She denied any chest pain, only complaints of severe pressure with no reports of radiation of that pressure. She also denied any abdominal... Where? What? Sorry. Where is the pressure? Like central chest, right chest, left chest, all over the chest? It is completely left to right sided across the chest. Okay. Like a tight band almost. Yes. Um, okay. To the point where she's saying that there's so much pressure she cannot expand the chest. Um, so she also denies any abdominal or back pain. Um, and then the medic is given the cardiac rhythms, which are red. And shows a the the four lead shows a sinus tack with very irregular and short looking complexes. Now, if I told you that, Kels, what would you think of? If you have a sinus say that one more time, sinus rhythm. A sinus tack with irregular and short looking complexes. What would you think of if you saw a short, tiny little complex? Like a short little QRS complex? Mm-hmm. Very short. Like, itty bitty living This is so space. hard to do without something in front of me. Hold on. I know. That's why I, we're putting you right to the test. Do, 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 do. Hold on. Give me a second do, do, to picture do. it in my brain. One second. Dum, da, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> so you would be having decreased ventricular repolarization. Okay. And if it's... They're irregular. It means your ventricles aren't repolarizing the same. Okay. okay. I like where this is going. Anything other than repolarization factors? Would you... What do your P waves look like? Fine? They're fine. So let me just throw out a hint to everybody. Could it be with repolarization? Because I definitely like the repolarization thought process... But could it just be that there is low voltage in your lines? So you're not getting a big grand picture. You're only getting a minute low picture because of low voltage. So then all you do is then turn up your monitor right. to be able to see a bigger complex. So it could be as something as low voltage. Maybe you have to change your leads. Maybe you have to change the position. Or it could be low voltage because of what's going on inside the heart. There's lots of different things that could be causing a low voltage or repolarization issues. I agree with both. Um, so you have this sinus tack with these irregular short-looking QRS complexes uh, in the 4-lead. The 12-lead is red, and it too shows a sinus tack with, um, with these short complexes. However, there's... Uh, it counted four millimeter elevation in two, three AVF with two millimeter elevations in V5, V6 with a two to three millimeter depression in V3 and AVL. So if I said that to you, Kelsey, what are you thinking? You have four millimeter elevation. So four small boxes, almost one big box on the 12 lead. In 2-3 AVF, so that's elevations in what? Inferior wall. Okay, and then 
two millimeter elevations in V5 and V6. So possibly lateral involvement. Okay, and then two to three millimeter depressions in V3 and AVL. Uh, probably, well, AVL would just be some probably less developed changes to your lateral wall. V3 could just be reciprocal changes, or it could also be like the beginning of some septal involvement. Septal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got to give her. Yeah. Awesome sauce. Um, um but I have a question that no, you might not know the answer to. Why do you do this? You're supposed well, to make me look it's smart and ask questions pa- I know the answers to. <laughs> isn't a sign of pericarditis is short QRS complexes? Yep. And it can also lead, so she could be having a STEMI, very possible, but she could also be having a bout of pericarditis because it can lead to changes in elevations. What kind of elevations? Usually I feel like they're more global, though. Exactly. They're not very specific to a contiguous lead. It's more they're everywhere. Okay. So even I feel though- like you have a lot of elevations. You're just missing... So, I mean, she could just be having a massive STEMI, but. I, okay. I agree. I, I 100% agree. Um, and it's really good that you're thinking other lines. Like, we're not just going, oh, yep, it's a STEMI. It's confirmed, right? There, there could be other causes for all of these elevations and depressions. So, Kelsey, what are your first next steps for this patient? Knowing what you just said on the 12 lead, what is your immediate next step as this paramedic? As you are the, I mean, the queen At this point, I want intern. another set of vital signs. I've got two paramedics, start a line, give some nitro. Because at this point, whether it's a STEMI or if it's pericarditis, her heart, heart is working too hard. I like it. So, the... I mean, at this point, I'm following ACLS until I can't. Like, Well, exactly. And that's really all you can do, right? You've hit your algorithm, and now you're going to follow it. Um, so... In this case, one medic actually steps out and goes back to the fly car. They don't utilize the second medic on the scene. They kind of just go, yep, we're going to start going priority one to the cardiac facility that's 30 minutes away. So the medic that does stay with the, uh, with the crew uh, does start a successful IV line, 18-gauge to the right forearm. Awesome. They hang a 1,000 uh, normal saline bag. Start an infusion, but nothing significant. Um, as it was reported, only about 100 to 150 mLs was infused by the end of the transport. And the transport, you know, was 30 minutes. So that's really nothing. Um, remember that aspirin was already given. So aspirin was skipped by the paramedic, and they went right to the nitro spray. Um, so 0.4 milligrams sublingual spray. And then oxygen sats were, were now 100% on the non-rebreather. So the medic tells the, the EMT in the back, hey, let's switch that out. We're going to go from a non-rebreather to a nasal cannula, and we're going to go to two liters and see where her sats go, right. which I think is, is good, right? Um, so this is where I have to take a sidebar, okay? So at the time of this call, and, and this is something that we're going to talk about I think uh, a lot in the, the finishing of this call okay. because we're kind of spoiled with it in our area. 
I don't know if there's other, I'm sure there are other areas of the U.S. where they don't have this capability, or maybe it's impeded by where they are. But at the time that this call happened, the agency did not have the technology and the, and the ability to transmit EKGs to the ERs. Mm. So the only way to tell the hospital of an incoming STEMI was to actually call the hospital and be like, hey, fuckers, we're coming in with a STEMI. Right. Um, not really an overall bad thing. I mean, we still do it today. We transmit, and then we call, and we yep. say, hey, go get your printer. I just sent you something. It, it looks like a STEMI. I'm calling it a STEMI. What do you think? And then the whole STEMI activation is, right. you know, is, is followed through on. So just kind of keep that in the back of your head here. So the medic attempts to call the hospital via cell phone and notify them of a STEMI alert. But the phone doesn't go through. It just keeps, it, it connects and it rings and it rings and then no one answers. Hmm. So the paramedic hangs up. Tries again. It rings, it rings, it rings. No one answers. Numbers checked. Paramedic calls again. Rings, rings, rings. No one answers. So they just stop at that point. They tried three times. Maybe they'll try again. But yeah. at this point, is that problematic? Like, is there anything specific that you guys would be willing to try in a situation? Or, or really, does it not matter in the well, long run? It, it does matter because... I mean, you have to you have to activate the team, right? You have to be ready to go when you come in. And that is but something also, that, as much as it sucks, if it's a completely cardiac capable facility, you might delay care for ten minutes, but it's not like it's the end of the world and your patient's crashing in front of you and you can't do anything about it. But at the same point, it depends on what kind of cardiac center it is. Now, I didn't get this, so maybe that's a, a, a issue with me preparing i didn't ask is this a you know 24 7 um pci center where they have the team ready there all the time is this one where they have to call the team in and it they can live 30 minutes away and now it's not going to be 10 minutes by the time you get mm -hmm. there it's going to be 30 or 40 maybe 45 by the time they're actually doing a piece you know like a, an actual calf or maybe they've got um, to get their hands full with other things and need to start reallocating resources right I mean, there's, it's definitely something that needs to be said early. You yeah. can't just, I don't think you can wing this one um, and be like, oh, well, I hope, right. I, you know. Um, I tried, didn't work. Here you go. Right. You yeah. know. Uh, Doug but you could also have, I mean, it doesn't take much for the driver to sit there and keep pushing buttons on the radio. Well, and that's it. You also you know? have a second EMT. Mm -hmm. Like, you have the hands to sit there and just keep trying. Again, this is this is the conversation. I don't think, I don't think there was, uh, the ability to just not try. Right. I think they did have uh, the ability to actually try on in this uh, in this manner. So, as of right now, they stopped trying. Okay. Vital signs are retaken. They go back to patient care. Blood pressure's taken uh, via the now auto. Uh, NIBP cuff, and it spits out 177 over 91. Heart rate is still 111. Um, a sinus tack on the monitor. Respiratory rate 26 and still shallow. Uh, SpO2 is 99% on the 2 liters nasal cannula, and her pain still remains a 10 on 10 with no relief thus far. 
So another 0.4 milligram nitrous spray is given along with now five milligrams morphine IV for pain control. Um, she's becoming paler in color, telling the medic that there is now pain and pressure in her chest. Uh, she's so she is sewing. I'll hit the, I'll hit the buzzer on that one. She is so she showing took out her knitting needles and decided, hey, this is a great time to you know get back on that uh, that sweater I was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, well, she's becoming paler, so I'm sure she's uh, becoming colder. She uh, might need a sweater. Mm. Um, so she is showing increasing anxiety due to now pain and pressure. Yeah. Right. Beginning to now move around the stretcher, she's getting that anxious you know, not good movement. Yeah. Um, with the, with this change, the medic establishes radio contact with the hospital instead of going cell phone route. Um, and we in, just thought of that. Yep. Just thought of that. Oh, um, okay. and informs you have, them. You could have range issues. You could. Remember your radios are line of sight. If you're in a hilly area, I just you ain't talking to nobody. It wasn't working. Don't assume. No. Don't assume. <laughs> Uh, Omaha is still good. You know, everything's still good in, in, in this. Um, so they, uh, they contact the hospital via radio and inform them that they could not get through via the phone to med control. They have an active STEMI alert and for the hospital to be prepared in approximately 20 to 25 minutes. So... Fast forwarding a little bit here, nitro spray is given every five minutes for the remainder of transport. Um, ultimately, no relief in pain and blood pressure drops a few points here and there and then just increases to the same range, anywhere ranging between 170 and 190 systolic. Um, the medic continued to try and reach the hospital via phone with no success just to be able to speak to that doctor. Um, about 10 minutes out from the hospital, another dose of five milligrams morphine was given for increasing pain. Uh, she is now, so I have a question. Yes. I should have a Would, yes do, thing on here. Do we have repeat EKGs? Um, I'm sure we do. I just didn't ask for them. Mm. So insignificant enough that, you know, it wasn't mentioned. For what? That, like there was no massive elevation changes, massive depression changes. Like I would assume we just stayed constant for thirty minutes. I would assume so. Um, however, again, show prep, poor me. Um, you can buzz me, call me names all you want. It's okay. Um, I did not specifically ask if there was another EKG. With her presentation, I would have to assume that there are higher elevations. Maybe those depressions moved into elevations mm. uh, just on presentation Yeah, now alone. she's starting to feel the pain, so it's, it's progressing. Right. Yeah. Um, that's just a buzz on my part for not asking. So, okay. audience, I apologize. Um, so, now she is, she was appearing pale. Then she was appearing paler. And now she's starting to appear very ashen in color. Oh, boy. Right? Reports that the chest pain and the pressure are so bad that she now cannot expand her chest to breathe. Ventilations are now becoming more and more shallow. Monitor is now showing the sinus tack, but now with frequent PVCs. Oh, boy. Um, 
and you're still about at this point seven minutes away from the from the ER, right? Um, Moving to five minutes from the ER, uh, she looks at the medic and visibly looks like death. We, you, and I have seen this look before, Gerard. This is the look right before someone rolls their eyes backwards on you, and next thing you know, they're unresponsive, and you're like, "Fuck!" Right? Yeah. Um, she tells the medic she's not going to make it to the ER. Now, those are words that we all take for granted and we make fun of them, but patients actually say that (laughs) shit, and you have to believe it, right? Um. And if it's, you know, if it's the drunk college student or whatever, you know, (laughs) right. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to make it, whatever. Right. You know, but this presentation, no, you tell me that I believe you. Yeah. You're, you know, what's coming more better than I can tell you. Right. You can feel all of that brewing, you know? Um, so the medic clearly looks at her and, you know, reassures her. They are so close. She can make it. Just keep pushing. Just keep going. Um, but I feel the, like he's just telling her to make it through labor. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, I mean what else what you are you going to do? Don't die on me. Like in the movies, like <laughs> shake her a little bit. So, you know, slap her, you slap her <laughs> around a little bit. Um, Control yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will give the uh, I, I will give some significant props to this paramedic because this medic was smart enough to realize the situation and get prepared by bringing out the defib pads. Oh, now okay. they they didn't hook her up to them, but it was like, all right, we're gonna Quick use slap. these. We're gonna we're gonna you know open them up a little bit. We're gonna slide them behind her head, and yeah. we're gonna be prepared. They're just there. Um, so, you know, I've had. I've had this, you know, the, the, these conversations with these patients, Gerard, I know you have had these conversations and they're, they're, they are very unsettling. Like they're not fun to have. And for those that have never dealt with this sort of like deathbed warning, how, how do you really go about it in a calming manner? Because you don't want to exaggerate. You don't want to lie. You know, you don't want to make them peak in anxiety they know that this is a bad situation yeah and i mean there's no there's no cookie cutter answer for that because it it depends on the situation right it's almost like our death conversation we had last month you have to adapt to whatever you think is you know not even what you think just just what you feel you know i mean sometimes it's just you know sometimes yeah it's it's be calm be reassuring or whatever other times you know you might have somebody that you know you might need to get a little more fight in them, you right. know, and you got to, you know, piss them off a little bit, get them angry. Hey, you know, don't, don't effing quit. Yeah. You know. Is that a fun scratch rubble? <laughs> yeah. My dog is scratching himself at my feet. <laughs> I can hear him jingling. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I the one who invited him down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's such a nice show dog. I know. You know, you got to keep doing that. <laughs> he's like, yep, uh-huh, I'm well, getting as this long scratch. As, ma- as long as he makes Kelly happy, that's all I care that's about. That's true. We, You know, we haven't tapped into Cap. Uh, cap, 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 yeah. What? Damn really? it, wrong one. You can't even hit the right fucking button anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I'll double that one. Wow. Holy oh shit. shit. <laughs> Sorry. Shit. But uh yeah, so um what was that? This is why the two of you cannot be left alone. This no. is also very, very true. Well, we're not alone. We we have our brilliant clinical coordinator, Kelly, yes, here. Yes. Um, but uh, so moving right along, the uh, oh, she just gave you that look, man. Well, you know, she's scary. Such disappointment. Yeah, you know, she's got to take over for Emily. She's she's the EMT badass today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this is not TV because that I got roll. a badass over here. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Slid that one right in. Nice. <laughs> All right. That's going to be Emily's. Yeah. Hey, we have Emily here. Yeah. We got a badass. Wow. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Um, so the, uh, the medic administers the seventh nitro spray at this point, just as the ambulance is arriving at the, at the hospital ER. Um, so I have a question. Oh my God, she's so needy tonight. Right. This this one you guys are gonna know. Mm-hmm. If by the seventh nitro it's not working, is there a chance that any more nitro is going to work? Yeah. You never know. And like I'm not saying you stop, but is it a really big red flag when you're seven nitros deep and nothing is happening? Maybe it's the nitro that's kept it at bay. Okay, fair. I mean, yes. Typically thinking, okay, I've given this for 30 minutes and no changes are happening and she's getting worse. But Gerard's right. Maybe those seven have kept her from getting worse 10, 15 minutes ago. Right? Keep Um, going. Keep going. So um, they arrive at the hospital and the EMT begins to move her out of the ambulance. And the medic's still sitting, you know, uh, behind. Yeah, making sure the EMT lifts all by himself. Right? Exactly, exactly. Like a good paramagician <laughs> right. would do, right? I'm just right? going to sit here. I'm just going to sit here. Then I'll come out. Yeah. Exactly, okay. right? Got to make sure right. that hook, yes. you know, actually oh, actually hook. catches. Yeah. Um, and then I'll lean over and unhook right. the hook. <laughs> so uh, the uh, <laughs> as the EMT begins to move her out of the ambulance, the medic notices a rhythm change from a sinus tack with frequent PVCs Normal to sinus. A Normal vin- sinus? No. B-fib. Fuck. To, to, a, to a ventricular tachycardia. Fuck. No, 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 no. We're completely fucked, completely fucked. We're completely fucked. Yes, we are. Yes, we are, guys. And they give her Damn a it. good old precordial thump. Wait a minute. Whack. No, shit. She just brought out the pericordial thump. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> hey, I just realized something. We're not completely fucked. The that, hospital's completely that's fucked. That's true. <laughs> so, I, you know, that that's so you'd literally just led into that my, my next question. Honestly, like, I, I, I want to build off of this because I couldn't tell you I would love to have a poll here. Maybe I'll put it up on Facebook. I'm not stripping, dude. No, <laughs> I don't want to see oh, that. Oh, that kind of poll. That kind of poll. Oh, okay. I'll put it up on Facebook because I actually am kind well, of. I mean, I could use the money. <laughs> Inflation, gas mm. prices. We all need, you know, yeah, second jobs. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. Um, But 
But realistically, there's two camps here. Yeah. Do we fix this now, or is it the hospital's problem? Right? Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Kelsey? Shocker. Paramedic intern, what are you going to do? Shocker? I mean, at this point, shocker, start CPR, and walk in. What are you, three feet from the door? Three feet from the door. But what I'm saying is, if you just start CPR and wheel her in, you just wasted Wait, we, that minute a, prime shock time. Do we still have a pulse? Because the hospital is going to take 70 years to do it. So, shocker, start CPR. You can't do anything for another two minutes anyways. So, walk her in. See, did you hear Did you hear Gerardo? He no. just He just asked a very, very good question. Now, granted, it doesn't much matter. I mean, it does, depending on CPR or right. no CPR. But does she have a pulse? Yeah. Right? VTAC. Oh, VTAC. I forgot that we were in VTAC. Right? So the medic actually sees this, goes, well, now we're completely fucked. Yeah. Right? Theme song here. Thank you, Kelsey. I just want to say I love now having that. That's awesome. Don't ever make that go away. I, it, it's, it's never going to go away. Yeah. I'm going to move something to the main board. Ha- they've got so many freaking calls <laughs> just like that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so that that will be there forever. I want you to know that on bad co- in bad scenarios in lab, that the song plays through my head. Mm-hmm. So recently I did a cardiac arrest and – it was after we had recorded the last episode and I went in and I look around and I'm thinking, okay, you know, it was, it was, a f- you know, middle-aged person. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe they're not too humongous. And then I walk in and they're like 600 pounds and I'm just like, <laughs> and after I started crying, I sat there and that song popped in my head and I was like, <laughs> we're completely fucked. And I was like, right. Whatever, let's just run this as best as we and can. And I want you like, to put a little pep in your step because it's seriously. so happily telling you. It 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 is brilliant. It's like we don't need the Lucas, we need the pile driver. <laughs> I mean, ew. It might work. <laughs> Can't make him any more dead. <sighs> Goo. Just a little, um, yeah, a little gooey. <laughs> so the uh, the medic sees this rhythm change. And tells the EMT right away, push her back into the ambulance. Really? Yes. And they take the pads that they already have waiting, put them on her, pulses are checked, no peripheral pulses are found. Her eyes are closed and she's unresponsive. So at this point, the paramedic goes, well, VTAC, I'm shocking the shit out of this. So they... I don't know if I would have pushed it back in if I would have just jumped out and freaking slapped the pads on and did it right there. But I sure, mean, you could have. back in. Right? Yeah, why not? Work inside your office. Yeah. I could see it, yeah. right? Um, so first, she is uh, charged up to 200 joules and uh, defibrillated. Yeah. VTAC continues. Joules are then increased to 300, and she's defibrillated again. This okay, so time. on a Zol. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, this time the rhythm actually converts to a sinus Brady in the fifties. Oh, so start pacing, start walking. Not the greatest, but it's not V tack. It's not V fib. That's true. And she ain't dead, dead. Right. So at this point, because she's still unresponsive, um, a non rebreather, which I completely disagree with. 
BVM should have been done at this point to Walker inside. You have enough people. Um, but they choose non-rebreather, 15 liters, throw it on her face, and then move from the ambulance to the hospital. I would probably assume that they did that because the NRB that they were using before is probably still sitting right there. Yes, exactly. And they would have to go back in, un- pull out the cabinets, open up, get the BVM and all that, and then hook it up. Right. Whereas here they and, just do a And I actually change. did yeah. inquire as to why they did yeah. that because I was like, ooh, I don't agree yeah, with that and it was, it was exactly that just it was the fuck in there we yeah. just want to get in at this point because right. she's gonna code again let's just throw this and go right it was let's just <laughs> make it not our problem this time well, exactly <laughs> right it was we nope. free from getting our fucking asses out of here exactly <laughs> exactly so um they move her inside and once inside the crew begins to move through the er uh toward the elevators to go upstairs to directly to the cath lab right because you know they had already informed 20 minutes ago yeah. that they were coming in with this STEMI. Um, and as they're walking through the ER, they're asked by the charge nurse if this is the possible STEMI. The well, I was just going to say real quick, just not, not, not so I don't sound like a fucking ghoul or something. but You are a ghoul. Well, yeah, well <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, no, I mean, get the patient in the fucking hospital because that's where they need to be. Mm-hmm. They don't need to me to wait, you know, another thirty seconds to a minute to get the fucking BBM and get all that shit hooked up and going. Just go. Yep. I, and know? like I said, you're right outside. Yeah. So yeah. You know, is she getting passive oxygenation? Sure. Yeah. Is she getting proper ventilation? No. no. You know. Um. So, as they're walking through the ER towards these elevators, a uh, a charge nurse walks up and goes, "Hey, is this the possible STEMI?" And the medic looks directly at the at the the nurse and goes, "No, no, no! It's not possible. It's a fucking confirmed STEMI." Um, also, yeah, we just defibrillator in the in the right. ambulance because she went into VTAC. Right. And it's not an indigestion. Right. Like yeah. this is an anxiety. This is bad shit. Right. Bad juju. Um. So the ER the the nurse then tells the EMS crew, "Well, why don't you just come into the ER instead of going to the cath lab?" And they're kind of just I'm like, sorry, what? Exactly. They're just kind of like, why don't you Duh. go back to nursing school and stop talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, right? Right. Exactly. So they turn into the ER and place her inside of a room. They give the report to the, the doctor that shows up and they give a further report to this charge nurse that's telling them to go in the wrong place. Right. Um, and then as they're moving her over, she codes again. Oh. Another rhythm change. And didn't see that coming. Exactly. Right. And uh, this time the you know, it's the ER staff's problem because she's on their bed. That's it. Fuck off. Cotton. See you later. Goodbye. Um, like, like, like a stewardess of old. <laughs> bye. <Bye-bye. Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> bye. So. Bye. Yeah. So she's uh, she's actually shocked again. Um, and the rhythm converts on the first shock. Um. So eventually, EMS crew leaves, and she's taken up to the cath lab. Thank God, finally. I don't know why they had to divert, but again, we don't know why. Um, she's taken up to the cath lab. She's done, you know, all of her treatments in the cath lab. I don't honestly know how many uh, caths she had mm. or where they placed them because the crew didn't know. But she was actually released under her own power one seven-day week period later. Wow. So 
I mean, as good for the, her. As opposed to the six-day week. Exa- yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, I was a little confused one by seven that, day too. Week. One seven-day yeah. week. Right. Leave me alone. It's late. <laughs> You're a night person. Yeah, not when I'm talking. You're a not, you're a I never sleep person. That's also accurate. Fuck. It, you know, it was Wake funny. Up in the morning is like eh, timestamp zero three something. What the <laughs> fuck is he doing? <laughs> working. <I'm> a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I was working. <laughs> um. So, how do you guys think this went overall? I I mean, honestly, could have been worse. <laughs> I, I totally could have been worse I for sure. It, I think aside from the comms issue i mean there wasn't really a lot i would do differently i mean yeah they got the morphine on board um and we'll talk about morphine and versus fentanyl here in a second but uh yeah i mean it's it's literally aspirin nitro o2 and morphine and, and, and go and go yeah get, get get there they they did their due diligence in getting the 12 leads and getting the you know the cardiac rhythms and trying to get it to the hospital right. you know they knew what they were looking at so you know kudos to to them yeah. and i think you know a lot of good decisions were made you know i i probably would have uh done the shocking inside the truck as well okay um you know, I don't think I feel like I, I mean, definitely even, would have been the idiot to shock him standing outside of yeah, my truck. I, I, I would have <laughs> but, done that. <laughs> but even still, I think that's acceptable. Yeah. I don't think that even as long as you're doing it outside and you're not going, oh, we're just going to walk right. in. Hey, they're in VTAC. Oh, no. um, I sorry. definitely would have guard some random kid that was just walking to right. the and ER was, because was... I shocked this girl right. standing outside the ambulance. Oh, that would have been fun. You just look the kid dead in the eye. You, get, you stick out your tongue and shock her. <laughs> yeah. I definitely would have traumatized like somebody. Stay in school. <laughs> Jesus. <fuck>. Uh, <laughs> yuck. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I think, I think overall they did very well. I don't think they missed a lot of steps. And the steps that they did miss, I don't think were so critical that, you know, they caused – the VTAC or anything like that. So um, just a couple notes. As I said, we're going to talk a lot about uh, EKGs and, and 12 leads specifically between today's uh, ending of the episode and next uh, next episode. With the, the Mahabuchi. With the Mahabuchi. And, uh, and I am so I excited. God, Jesus, woman. It's, I, I honestly feel like there's no answer to this, but did they find clots anywhere else? I don't know. I didn't even ask that. I didn't even okay. think to ask that. Hey, I ooh, just wanted hey, to Kelsey, know. Hey, hey, Kelsey, do you remember when we were having a conversation about a certain paramedic level drug? And I said, there are things that you think about that are high rubble way, way up in like the echelon of where Kelly and her brain. Yeah, yeah. Live, I was just thinking <laughs> like. I was just thinking more along the lines of, like, 27-year-old female having a STEMI. What is the chances, like, in two months she's showing back up, not in one calling with a stroke? That's all I was thinking. I was thinking more future issues I was going to have to respond to. I mean... As long as I'm not working that day, I'm I'm happy with what we did. And let's put it this way. Kelsey's on to something. But is that something that you're going to know? No. 
You know, is it something that you hope to keep in the back of your mind? Like, oh, hey, she had a STEMI two months ago. And if it is on the day that I'm working and I go there and I see her and I know what everything just went down, I'm... Get to the that's, that's probably where we're going with that. <laughs> because, yeah, because, I mean, that, that's something where you, you know, you're familiar with the patient and their most recent history. Is, then, yeah. is bad. I mean, that's like, okay, we just know she had stents put in and now she's got all this fucking shit going on. Right. That looks like, I'm thinking clots. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So but yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, for them to actually, you know, give us any feedback, you know, good luck. Right. Um, We're all counting on you. <laughs> so, uh, the first thing I want to dive into really quick oh, is real quick though. And Emily, uh, wait a minute, I got something to say. You always have Hold some. I, oh, go. Oh. The floor is yours. Thank you. I forgot what I was going to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that was so aggressive. Thank you. Well, because I, I would be remiss. If that was I a big word. If I didn't, oh no, here comes the bigger word. If I didn't assuage. Damn! Did you say that wrong? Because I, I don't even know what you just said. Yes. <laughs> her her proclivity for blood glucose. Oh. Because I would have taken a BG. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, I would have snuck one in. They didn't. Yeah, no BG. Wow. You suck, you jackass. That's it. Just the whole for thing Emily. Was, it sucked. The whole thing. Yep. Yep. I mean, they. They could have fixed her. It probably was like seven. BG. Yep, done. Yep. Grab some D10, go home. Yep, done. Sign here. Wouldn't she have to be <laughs> hyperglycemic, not hypoglycemic, to be having these issues? It, okay, so now I'm going to explain to you what a joke is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying her BG could have been seven if, you, if you're going to blame the blood sugar. See, a joke... <laughs> Is something people say to make those around them laugh. Well, your joke's false. All jokes have some sort of truth behind it. Yours was just false. Have I told you the joke about the jungle and Kiki yet? There's no truth to it. (laughs) (sighs) Kelly, will you take over? I quit. (laughs) The rest of the episode will be presented by our clinical coordinator, Kelly. There you go. Um, so STEMI versus non-STEMI, that's the big thing. I think a lot of people always get, um, not really confused, but there, there's no real big understanding of like an N-STEMI, right? Um, STEMI we know shows ST elevations more than one millimeter in height. So that's one small box in two contiguous leads. Now there is an exception for this rule and that is in V2 and V3. Where V2 and V3, you need two millimeters of elevations to actually say there is a STEMI. Um, and a STEMI is full thickness infarct. So you are, you are looking at full thickness through the myocardium uh, that is actually actively infarcting. Whereas an N-STEMI will show in depression of the ST segment and is indicative of partial thickness infarct. So you're still infarcting. Right. It's just not all the way through. Right. So still bad. Not as bad as STEMI, but still bad. Right. Um, contiguous leads. We're going to touch base on this a lot when we talk to Butch uh, next episode, but this is where Lisa comes in. Right. Lateral, inferior, septal, anterior. Knowing, you know, lateral, one AVL, V5, V6. You know, inferior, two, three AVF, septal, V1, V2, anterior, V3, V4. Those, 
those are your contiguous mm. pairs, right? So if you have, you know, two or more in those groupings, you can say there's a STEMI alert or a depression in two of those. You can say that there could be a possible end STEMI. Um, going through, I did a, a, the plug for Patreon this episode because we didn't do one earlier. Oh. Uh, I just put out on the 1st of March a uh, really great 13-minute uh, episode that dove into uh, the coronary arteries, where they feed, and how you, know, you can look at, okay, look at Lisa, look at your 12 lead, and then figure out which coronary artery is being affected and then go into where are my symptoms coming from and what might they be. Um, so if you're not a, a, a Patreon, go and become a salty veteran on Patreon. You can see that episode up there now. Um, but lateral wall MIs, lateral walls are fed by the left circumflex and the left anterior descending. So if one or both are blocked, you're going to get that end STEMI STEMI in the lateral leads. Inferior right coronary artery or the left circumflex feeds the bottom portion of that heart. Um, septal and anterior are both fed by the same artery, and that's the left anterior descending off of your left coronary artery. So knowing where these arteries are, again, like I said, you can kind of figure out where um, the signs and symptoms might be going. We had an inferior wall MI here with some lateral involvement with, um, I believe, what was it, septal involvement. Mm. Um, we had a lot of different involvement. So you're looking, you know, at a left circumflex, um, maybe a, uh, a, you know, a separate clot in the left anterior, or it, it could be way up high in the left coronary artery, right? And it's mm. not even at the left circumflex at that point in time. Um, and in an inferior wall MI, you're, you are going to affect ultimately the amount of ejection fraction or blood that you pump out per beat, right? right? And as EMS providers, we have to be cognizant that we are affecting preload with our nitrates and with our pain control medications. Um, so... This is why we always say, oh, inferior, hold off on the nitrates. Or at least, like I say, do a right side 12 lead to really see if you can give those nitrates. Here, that blood pressure held oh, yeah. like a champ the whole time. Keep giving those nitrates, yeah. right? Could a right side 12 lead have been done? Yes. Should it? Probably. Um, you know, was it in dire need? No. You know, most of the people wouldn't do a right side 12 lead. But I think anytime an inferior wall is presenting itself, you probably yeah. should. You know, because you want to see if it's going to really be affecting your preload on that right-hand side. Or inferior walls, you might see a tachycardic rate. You might also see a bradycardic rate, right? That, that right coronary artery um, feeds that SA node. So if you have right side involvement on the inferior side, you're eventually going to affect your pacemaker of the heart, which could turn bradycardic. And now you have hypotension and bradycardia, yeah. and you're totally fucked, right? So this is, again, why we 
take the inferior wall so seriously because so many bad things can happen. Um, lateral wall with the flux, like it fluctuates in your vital signs, especially in your blood pressure. And I think this is where you have this person. Mm-hmm. Um, most often you see tachycardia with hypertension. But you can see the tachycardia with hypotension. Yep. You know, with which that lateral I, wall. Which is what I had last week. You know, and you're like, okay, like I yep. I can see the difference, you know. Um, but you're you're not always going to see that bradycardia. Yeah. You know, you'll see the normal tachycardia with a low blood pressure or tachycardic yeah. and they're still high. Um the last thing I wanna just touch base on really quick is Mona, right? Old style acronym. That's how I was taught. And, and that's how so many people were taught. Kelsey, were you taught Mona in paramedic class? So I feel like it's backwards. We watched a video. Anna? But it was Onam. Anam? I don't like that. Mona's better. It, but it, it wasn't. It had the same letters, but it wasn't that because then your priorities were weird because it was. Yeah, it was. Anum. 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 Anmo. So, I like. There's aspirin, nitro. Oxygen, mo- uh, morphine. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's pretty much how we do it anyway, but. Right. It Mona's just sounds a, better. Mona's a better name. Right. I don't know. It's just the way the video was. It's a stupid video. Right? Whatever. I mean, it. it I mean, if you're going to do this kind of shit, at least have some fucking style. Exactly. You know? Like. Jesus. Anum. Right? That's just weird. Hey. Everybody, today we're going to learn Anam. No, today we're going to learn Mona. Yeah, Mona just sounds Mona's it's pretty so hot. smooth. You know? not as Maybe hot it as was Lisa. Mona. I just don't remember it being like that. Well, Mona's not as hot as Lisa. No, Lisa's definitely... Lisa's smoking. Lisa's smoking. Yeah. Um, Almost as hot as Kelly. <laughs> Damn! She's blushing, you know. Uh, hey, you know, I Now it's best. just weird. You know? <laughs> um... He just Is this how your generation does it? He lit pretty much. I mean, remember how I said there's that whole courting phase? <laughs> I was gonna say I was, I was gonna go somewhere else. I was gonna say, remember all those like sexual harassment videos you watch? <laughs> that's, that's for my generation. That's true. Um so yeah, Mona, right? Morphine, oxygen, nitrates, aspirin, anom. I'm not even gonna go there. Morphine, oxygen, anom. nitrates. Aspirin, right? Your treatment for It sounds for like something you MIs. say before you sacrifice something to Joe Boo. Yeah. There's See your... what I did there? That's a callback. There you go. There we go. Um, so we give morphine in um, MIs because it decreases heart rate, it decreases blood pressure, and decreases the venous return. And it also, uh, there's studies that show that it also stimulates local histamine-mediated uh, releases. Um now, theoretically, this reduces myocardial oxygen demand, putting less strain on the infarcting heart right. muscle. However, that's still theory. I haven't found enough studies to say this is 100% bona fide fact. It's still always theoretically it does this. But, I mean, how many medications do, do we right. use? That it's all theoretical. It's all yeah. theoretical. In fact, I would say probably most of them. Now, this is something that I I wanted to research morphine versus fentanyl. 
Okay. Right? Because we give morphine when we are not hemodynamically unstable. We give it because it reduces strain on the heart right. and oxygen demand and all this other stuff. And it's always what we're taught. Right. Use morphine unless indicated for fentanyl. Right. Then I went in and I found some studies that actually show that morphine is not uh, indicated or should not be indicated uh, in these situations because morphine may slow the oral uptake of aspirin in an MI. And at this point, there's studies that show that, but there's not enough to say this is clinical and to stop using morphine. So still continue to use morphine, but it's something that I was finding mm. in the literature going, huh, this is interesting. So there's a lot of these studies that are coming out, and they're probably paid and bought for by the fentanyl people right. to push fentanyl and say morphine bad, right. you know, but... May I interject? Sure. No, you can't. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> is the reason I'm just throwing something out there like how they tell you not to give morphine to people who are nauseous because it could make them throw up because if you push it too and like all the doctors in the hospital they always give Zofran when they give morphine because it makes you nauseous because you just push it wrong. Is there a possibility that the reason that they're saying that it slows your GI system's uptake of aspirin is because if you push it too fast, you're going to cause them to vomit and then there's no more aspirin. So I did. So this is yeah. Hold on. You you are thinking the exact same way I was thinking when I was reading these papers and thinking it was a GI issue. And nothing that I said, nothing that I read, Um, and please, if you're better at research than I am, send me these things and I will fix my statements. But nothing that I found says GI absorption. It's all oral absorption. So I don't know if it's a cardiac because, you know, it, yes, it's GI in the oral tract, but it's we're going into the capillary beds right, so, I mean, via oral. So when, I, when, I instruct a pa when I'm administering aspirin to a patient, like my instructions are chew it and swish it. Yes. Swish it, I get it under your tongue, get it all over your cheeks, put it around your gums, right. whatever you can do until you can't swish anymore, and then you're going to swallow. Yes, I do the exact yeah. same thing. So... Everything, everything, use the specific verbiage of oral uptake, not yeah. GI uptake, oral. So the only thing that I can say, Kelsey, is I don't know. I don't know if it is I'm just thinking, I mean, GI if, or specifically oral capillary beds. Well, that's my thing is, I mean, if you're, if you're having them do that, you're, you're administering it the, the proper way, and it's getting all that good absorption, by the time you, because, I mean, we're giving that right off the rip, and by the time we get to the point where we're administering morphine, I mean, there should have been plenty of time for that to absorb. Yes. Yeah. You know? Because aspirin's your first line. Right. That's, that's your most important one. And they go look at me and they go, oh, I got a heart attack. Well, here you go. Yep. <laughs> most important one. When I say so EMTs I think are lifesavers, yeah. it's that. I was actually, it was, had a great little uh, little conversation with the guy who taught me Mona. This dude was around when they were running ambulances, at, you know, the Cadillacs. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me the question, he goes, what, you know, what is the only drug that you carry in your bag that is 100% proven to save a life? And I'm like, oh, oxygen, uh, fucking <laughs> glucose. He's like, no, no, no. Aspirin. And who gives aspirin? EMTs. EMTs. Yep. yep. Go ahead, Kels. 
So I just did a quick little research. Uh, morphine decreases. Um, sorry, morphine decreases the absorption of some sort, like some blood thinners, like Plavix. Okay, that's interesting. So I, I think it's more. It's more of a blood thinner if it, deal than a. If it acts on the P2Y12 morphine will affect it, but aspirin works on something with an X. Um, aspirin works on your COX1s and your COX2s. Right. So morphine can actually decrease your absorption of some, like a Plavex, which acts on your platelet inhibitors themselves, but not necessarily morphine. Or aspirin. Or aspirin, aspirin. sorry. Yeah, right, because they're two, di- they're two my different brain at enzymes. Once. Two completely thin, yeah, different right. things, yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. The more you know. And so, now you know yes. enough. And now you know enough. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> so, the- sorry, that was really confusing to everybody at home, but if you just look up, does morphine decrease aspirin absorption, the first article that's on there and a bunch after basically says that it has no significant effect on aspirin, but it does with P2Y12 inhibitors. Interesting. Chemistry. Way more than I can mouth vomit out right now. (laughs) We don't need you to. So with that, um, we're going to end it for today. Um, Join us definitely for the Patreon. It's going to be an exciting, really interesting episode on the 23rd. But if you're not a Patreon subscriber and you want to have more EKG uh, aficionado science. We're going to be talking with our friend Butch uh, next uh, next free podcast on April 1st, and he is going to give us a slew. Like, I had to cut him down. Oh, I know. Like, he was just like, I'm going to talk I about this you. and this and this and this, and I'm like, dude, we have an hour. Like, I'll, I'll bring you back. We can have I you back you. as many times as you want. <laughs> so... Uh, so the EKG, the, the EKG conversation that we're going to have is going to be fab fan fucking tabulous, yeah. uh, next episode. So please join us for that. Till next ha- time, we're everyone. Have some kind of, uh, like the great one music, you know, I'll find something. Yeah. We have to have something. Uh, I will, I will totally find yeah. something. Does he, does, does he know wrestling? Can I pull a wrestling reference or does it have to be movie? It, it might be but mostly movie though. He's Mo- movie okay. Dude, I, yeah. I will find a movie reference. Yeah. Because I can't be like, you know, I can't pull a rock reference and be like, you went one on one with the great one. And, you know, like, right, and him right. getting it. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm sure I just made everybody that is a rock fan do right. that with me. You're right. welcome. Um, so till next and time. And raise an eyebrow. <laughs> and raise an eyebrow. Till next time, everyone, stay safe and don't. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.